0: Welcome to another edition of the um, ultimate weigh-in show. I was about to do the MMA podcast drop for you guys. This is the ultimate weigh-in show. I believe this is the fourth edition that we're doing. Uh, we're pro- getting you guys ready for UFC Vegas 25, headline by Yuri Prohaska and Dominic Reyes. And I got some friends with me, as always. Always change it up on a week-to-week basis. But I promise you guys, we're bringing you guys top quality cappers top quality predictors and you guys don't want to miss out on their input and their views for the upcoming fight so without a further ado let me bring in each and every one of them one by one first and foremost we got one member of the club and sub crew we got my guy sparring with reality betting my guy luke luke what's going on my guy
1: thanks for uh thanks for bringing me on. looking forward to this man
0: Hell yeah, dude. I, I love me some Luke. He's probably one of my, I'd say my second favorite member from the club and sub crew. I got to put John <laughs> up there because that's my guy for sure, for sure. All right, let's move, uh, move on and bring in my next guest. We got James from Lucrative MMA. James, how's it going, buddy?
2: What's up, Lock, Man, Happy to be on. Coming off that amazing UFC 261 card, probably one of the best cards of all Ooh. time. I don't know if that's recency bias, but I feel like a lot of people would agree with me. Hopefully it can be another solid card but if not hopefully we can make some money for it to soften the blow anyway so yeah happy to happy to do this stream man the first one i've done with you and hopefully many more to come
0: yes it's been a long time coming for sure and speaking of ufc 261 being rowdy as fuck i think we had one of the rowdiest guys in the crowd over there we got my guy andrew from mma knockout bets fresh off of that ufc 261 live in person how how was the experience man Uh, how you doing buddy
3: I'm doing well. thanks for having me. not two sixty one was great. The card really delivered from top to bottom. It was awesome being back in the in the crowd with fifteen thousand other people that were enjoying enjoying some fights.
0: For sure, dude. That first fight, Na versus uh Ariane Carnelosi, like literally the first punch thrown drops <laughs> Carnelosi and the crowd goes nuts. I was I was having goosebumps and share. I'm sure James and, and Luke would agree too. They're going absolutely crazy in that first fight as well. Um was there one moment in particular that stood out to you most as being a fan there?
3: Well, you mentioned that first fight, like they you know, they got after it right away, and everyone for every single punch was like, Oh <laughs> so like, that that stood out, and then um when obviously like being in Florida, every single person there was like dying for Masvidal to win. So when Usman knocked him out, the look on everyone's face like I'll never forget that. It was just like, holy shit! But it was, was a knockout, dude. it was it was a great event.
0: For sure, for sure. I'm happy that crowds are finally back in full force. Only for the pay per view cards, it seems like right now. I don't mind having no crowd for the uh fight night uh cards the apex cards that's completely fine but i can't wait to see what houston brings to the table when they go there for ufc 262 but we are here for ufc vegas 25 headline like i said by yuri prohaska and dominic reyes a pretty pivotal light heavyweight scrap i'd say more so for prohaska than then reyes at least reyes will be able to get back on track if he's able to get a win but we're going to start off right at the bottom of the card. And first up, we got Luke Sanders going up against Felipe Kolarish. In terms of the odds here, we got minus 140 for Sanders and plus 120 for Kolarish. I'll kick things off real quick for you guys. Luke Sanders, people got money on him. You know, it's it's a little bit questionable. But when you really start to stack these guys up against each other, you got to be like, Sanders wins this fight, right? There's got to be a way that Sanders does not fall into that fight IQ slump that he finds himself in, especially that last fight against Name Menace, where he was just, you know, doing pretty well in that first round. In the second round, he goes out there and sticks with the same game plan, but just sticks in the pocket a little bit too long, finds himself getting clipped, and then obviously getting clubbed and subbed shortly thereafter. Um, Philippe Kolaris, on the other hand, the guy's durable as hell. All you got to do is watch that Montel Jackson fight where he ate everything that Jackson was throwing at him and he was able to still come forward. Ended up losing the fight, obviously, but he shows to have a lot of grit, will, and determination. I, for some reason, I just can't end up picking Luke Sanders here. I, I'm going with Philippe Kolaris ever so slightly i think he could pull off another club in some type of situation his cardio is a bit of an issue that's obviously something that you need to worry about when you look at his fights uh but with luke sanders man i I just can't find myself putting money on this guy anymore even maybe if he's an underdog possibly but at minus 140 i'm a little bit skeptical about it Kalar seems to have that dog in him he seems like he's going to be able to put together some solid combinations maybe counter him again club in some situation obviously the best path to victory would be to take sanders down and try to get his jiu-jitsu going but I'm not 100% sure he's going to be able to get the much better wrestler and Sanders down. So it's probably going to have to come from a guard pole or something sneaky in the clinch. Or again, like I said, a club and sub situation. I'm ultimately going to go with Kolarish. I probably won't be putting any any dollars or even lunch money on it, to be honest. Uh, but I just, you guys are not going to catch me putting money on Luke Sanders until he distances himself more from those performances that he'd had where he just slips up and have these moments of just brain farts essentially and ends up losing the fight so i'll go with Kalarish. um and i think the under two and a half is actually a very sneaky spot as well as i think both guys have very good finishing potential here i'm gonna go with klarish getting the club and sub probably in the second round here luke i'll let you take away from the for for the next perspective who do you think has the better shot here and is luke the rightful favorite
1: yeah i think the line's probably right about where it should be uh i think Kalarish um you know, is, isn't the greatest fighter in the world. He obviously, you know, has potential, you know, submission upside in the fight, but it's always came, you know, in terms of Luke Sanders, it's been more fluky type stuff, or, you know, even in that Yuri Alcantara fight, like he was absolutely bombing on Alcantara. Uh, and then, you know, it came, um, even like you touched on the Manus fight, you know, he was, he was getting after it, you know, probably won that early round. Um, then, you know, quote unquote dies, uh, Kolaris tough dude. So I think, I think if you are to play it instead of like playing the, the Sanders money line or kind of just more so playing Kolaris as a fade to Sanders, I would say more. So just look to like, uh, you know, Sanders decision or something and just bank on the, on the durability factor of Colarch because I do have a decent degree of confidence that Sanders is going to be the superior minute winner here and doing more it more. So just comes down to, you know, whether, you know, that fight AQ durability, uh, type of thing comes into play, but in general, it's, it's really not a fight. Uh, I want my money on, but on paper, this should be a good fight for Luke Sanders.
0: Yeah, it's funny because we got luke sanders coming into the ufc i'm pretty sure he was undefeated and then he's dragged up a couple of losses and again those losses don't look the greatest concerning how he ended up losing those fights james are you giving him a better shot to win this fight and try to start living up to that the, the the characteristics and the and the perspective that we had of him before he came into the ufc
2: it's a close fight man um i kind of agree with luke i believe the line is probably about where it should be but it's funny i say that because i'm saying that. Luke Sanders should win the fight if the, if he's a favorite right now, right? But at the same time, I just feel like Colares is going to pull off a submission because we've seen Luke S- Sanders do it throughout his whole career, you know? Like, he he always drops the ball. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of this Cole Roberson versus Brendan Allen fight last week, right? I know a lot of people on Cole Roberson, and they were kind of saying that the reason they're betting Cole Roberson is because if he shows good fight IQ, he should win the fight. But you can't really say if he shows good fight iq if they haven't done it too much in the past and it's kind of the same situation with luke sanders here it's not like every single fight he shows terrible fight iq but there's been multiple occasions now where he's winning the fight comfortably and then he drops the ball so i can't bank on him to not drop the ball against someone like corrales who i think is a decent fighter they're pretty well matched i mean it's not a huge disparity in the skill set But the one thing that is a huge disparity, in my opinion, is just that Sanders seems to drop the ball all the time. And I feel like Colares can probably wrap up a submission if that happens. I think the submission is at like plus 400 right now. 20% indication. I feel like maybe it could be 25%. Probably some value on that line. Um, I'm taking Colares to get a submission win here.
0: Yeah, I get what you mean in terms of like we're saying if they show a good fight IQ, right? There's a similar situation where we had Danny Ige against Gavin Tucker uh, a couple weeks ago And I'm like I need Gavin Tucker to distance himself a little bit more from getting knocked silly before I can trust him with my money again and Lo, lo and behold Danny gay knocks him out within 30 seconds of that fight. Andrew How are you seeing this fight? Are you giving Luke Sanders a better probability than we're giving him right now? Do you think he shows better fight IQ tonight or th- tomorrow night? Sorry,
3: dude fuck betting Um Fuck <laughs> betting after that last fight, bro. I I was so pissed off. I sat right on that couch. I watched him beat Manis the first round, come out, start piecing him up in the second round, and then all of a sudden, shit's just going south too quick. I have I have zero interest in betting this fight. I, there's no props that interest me. There's no money line side that interests me. Pass all the way.
0: In terms of a prediction, though, who do you think ends up winning the fight? Even if you're not putting money on it.
3: Jeez. I don't know. Flip a coin. Um, I, gu- I guess
0: Sanders. All right. You're on the Sanders side here. All right. Let's move on to the next fight here. We're going to keep on keep things moving on. We got KB Buller versus, uh, Andreas Michalaitis. Uh, Luke, I'll let you kick this one off, buddy.
1: Yeah. I don't think there's too much to unpack here. Cause I do think the tape on Buller's pretty, uh, pretty limited. Uh, I guess it's probably more so the Mark take that I think, you know, Michaelaitis comes out here and probably smokes him. Um, but then again, that's really only happened once. It was against Tom Breeze, uh, for Bueller. you know, Tom Breeze is, you know, a good fighter, uh, at least on his best day, uh, to say that, um, so you can't take too much, uh, away from the guy in that, um, kicks pretty well. I, it's more so, more so even just the power of Micheladis and his willingness to throw, um, the, the defensive tendencies for Bueller just, just scare me a little bit in the fight. Um, but if it's extended, you know, large, they talk about it all the time, you know, McLeada's first round uh, type of guy historically, you know, gets extended, maybe he's not having a ton of wrestling success, uh, maybe doesn't find that finish, you know, what happens, you know, maybe KB Bueller's just, you know, Uh, a a bit of a wild card in a flyer that we we don't know too much about and comes out and impresses. But um, largely, I I think the line's justified, and I think he probably knocks him out early. But uh, I'm staying away from this one.
0: One of my favorite things about seeing the Indian fighters come into the UFC is hearing how people pronounce their name. Obviously, myself being an Indian, I know how to pop, properly pronounce Buller. And this is not a shot at you, Luke. This is whenever we try to say Russian names <laughs> or or completely foreign names. So it's hilarious just seeing the Bueller, taking the Bueller, Bueller, Bueller around. But I won't, I won't uh, knock on you to, for it too far, uh, James. How are you feeling about this one? Do you think Buller has a little bit of a chance? Does he have that Malkun in him to go out there and uh, shut up the haters and, and put on a proper performance?
2: I don't know, man. I have to agree with Luke again, to be honest. I feel like Mikel probably comes out there and knocks this dude out in the first round. You know, he's got a hell of a lot of first round knockouts on his record. He's fought considerably, considerably better competition than um, KB... How do you pronounce it? Buller. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, good luck, good luck. <laughs> He's luck better competition than him um yeah. he got a step up in his last you know kb got a step up got knocked out by tom breeze yeah it's not a huge um it's not a terrible look to get knocked out by tom breeze he's obviously a decent fighter and a lot of people are saying he got knocked out by a jab if you actually watch that fight he got hit with a beautiful straight right or a straight left and it really shook him up about 30 seconds before he got knocked down with that jab so It's not a good look to get knocked down with a jab. At the same time, I feel like his bell was rung early and the jab kind of finished him off rather than, you know, started it and finished him off at the same time. So I give him a little bit of leeway for that, but I still feel like he's going to get knocked out in the first round. The one thing I will say is if he doesn't get knocked out in that first round, I've seen Micheladis go into the... Um, third round before against i don't remember the guy's name but it was on a regional scene and he was nine and nine and one so it seemed like he might be a decent fighter but you can never really tell with them records on a regional scene when he did go into the third round i mean they were both gassed but it was an embarrassing fight because midway through the second round micheladis was completely gassed right and he got stopped in that third round both of them gassed really so i do have some questions about his gas tank and if KB Bullard does survive that onslaught that I'm expecting is gonna come his way, he's definitely live for a win there, um, but I can't bank on that happening. And then also I'm not gonna be laying minus 250 on a potential gasser, um, especially when there's not a lot of tape of KB out there. So yeah, it's a pass fight for me, but I guess I'm gonna go with the first round knockout um, as my prediction.
0: Yeah, you're talking about Vladimir Miniv, uh, who he fought for Fight Nights Global. That guy is now 15, one in one. So. Maybe he's not too bad, right? Uh, James, or sorry, uh, Andrew, how are you seeing this one?
3: Yeah, I think there's probably a case to be made that is one of the worst fighters on the roster. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I said that going into the Breeze fight, and I I know there's limited tape, but there's just nothing I see from him that's impressive. He keeps his head straight on the center line. Like I don't even know what I could say that he does well, but at the same time, like like you guys touched on, there's pretty limited tape, so I'm not going crazy to to back um to back andreas at minus 250 here but I'm, I'm picking him to win and um yeah this is probably it from bueller in the ufc
0: I hope they give him at least one more crack in terms of like the, the type of matchups that they're giving him, not really the greatest, but then again, if you're not able to beat a guy like Andreas, Mihalitas, you probably shouldn't be in the UFC. I think his eight and record coming into the UFC was slightly padded with, you know, Canadian journeymen. You know, I mean, you got the, the most notable name is Matt Dwyer, who, if I'm not mistaken, I think he went winless in the UFC, but regardless at most, he probably only got one win um, and he beat him over a five round period. And a lot of people thought that, you know, that's good enough for him to get into the UFC. Um, I, I think Cody touched on it last night on the Prop and you Up show. He took like a, a two or three year hiatus from the MMA world because he was cornering his brother at an amateur fight and he took a pretty bad injury to the head. I forgot exactly what it was. And it made him question himself as to why he wanted to continue fighting. So he just stopped fighting. He was continuously training, but he just took this hiatus from the MMA world and then decided to finally come back and continue his winning streak. But You know, beating guys like Cody Cran and Matt Dwyer before coming to the UFC, you know, it it doesn't really say that you're going to be successful in the UFC, and that's exactly what we've seen last time. You got to give him. A little bit of a benefit of the doubt the last time around right this the level of competition that he took up that step up was just next level right tom breeze compared to freaking matt dwyer is just night and day and say what you want about tom breeze right now in his current form but i still think that uh, that guy's a very good fighter especially when uh the 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 matchup stylistically benefits him and i think that's exactly what happened that night against uh, kb buller um but yeah, I, I kind of still expect the same thing to happen here. Andreas Michalaitis is just going to buzzsaw through his defenses. Uh, he did, you know, some solid work against Bukowski's upper weight class against a much bigger guy and was able to close the distance very well and get his own shots off. And KB Buller doesn't seem like he does the best job in terms of maintaining his distance. And I think that's where it's really going to cost him here for Michalaitis, who, you know, a couple years ago just left Greece to go over to MMA Masters start training with those guys. And, you know, you're getting a lot of better bodies in there and a lot of better training partners and way better coaching for sure. So he knew that he needed to take it to the next level. And that's exactly what he did. He was successful uh, in the Titan FC realm. And then obviously that very unfortunate loss to Modestus Bukowski's last time, you know, Let's be honest, if that was actually caged behind him and not the door, he probably would have been able to get back to his feet. But it is what it is. At least he, uh, he gets back into the UFC. And this is a favorable matchup. Is it minus 250 favorable for him? Probably not. You know, I mean, I think it's just heavily skewed because of KB Buller's last performance. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't back Mihalaitis at this number. Maybe the KO prop is probably the best way to go here to get the best value that you can out of this matchup. But yeah, I'm ultimately going to go Mihalaitis, and I think we got a full on sweep right there. All right, let's move on to the next fight. We got Sam Hughes. You want to talk about Chalk? Yeah, got Sam Hughes going up against minus 400 Loma Lupuni with me. And James, I'll let you kick this one off.
2: I kind of agree with the line, to be honest, man. I feel like Loma's going to put on a clinic here. I don't really see what Sam Hughes has for her. I guess the only path to victory I can see for Sam Hughes is if she's able to get top time. time. Loma can be taken down. We've seen her get taken down before. I believe Angela Hill took her down. Um, I believe Yu Fry took her down also. She got back to her feet, but... You know this fight is going to play out primarily pr- primarily on the feet i believe and loma is just a level above there she's a very solid muay thai striker she's probably got one of the best muay thai fundamentals in the ufc in my opinion male or female now obviously you've got valentina shevchenko Janjacek, people like that they've got higher level muay thai probably but they've adapted their muay thai to mma game more than loma loma still has that muay thai style she hasn't yet adapted it that much and just fundamentals you know strike for strike technique for technique i feel like she's she's very clean very crisp and she's going to be able to pick apart sam who's hughes on the feet here now when it does get into clinch range which is what i believe sam hughes needs to do in order to take loma down loma's going to dominate in the clinch right she's going to probably dump her on her ass with their muay thai sweeps whenever she wants she's got hard knees to the body in the clinch. Her clinch is very strong like any good muay thai fighter will have so i think she's going to be landing knees from the clinch really heavy i think they could hurt sam hughes badly um i also believe that she can land them elbows whenever she wants from inside the clinch which could you know maybe cut sam hughes open we could be looking at another doctor's stoppage which sam hughes got in her last fight against tisha torres I feel like Sam Hughes needs to probably catch Loma off guard and shoot a double leg or a single leg in order to get her down. I don't think she's going to be able to grind her up on the fence and then take her down because she's just too strong in that clinch. And are you really going to bank on her shooting double legs and catching Loma off guard? I don't think so, man. Loma does well in space. Even though she's got that Muay Thai style, she stands in front of you with that lead leg bouncing, she still manages distance very well even though she likes to fight at fairly close distance she obviously fought in a muay thai ring for her whole career now she's in the octagon she has a lot more room to use her footwork in so i'm kind of thinking that loma could probably get a stoppage in the ways that i mentioned earlier we saw sam hughes i don't want to be you know call a fighter a quitter we saw her it looked like she kind of quit in her last fight we'll never know what she was seeing she said she couldn't see out of her eye i don't I'm not gonna call her a liar. I don't. I'm not also gonna call her someone that told the truth that day. You know, I don't know what you think about that, but it seemed like she may have wanted the way out there. She got dominated in the first round, and maybe she just, you know, maybe her will was just gone at that point. I think we can see another doctor stoppage, and I think the line is pretty justified here. But you know, I guess people say low, lowish level women's MMA. Maybe you don't really want to bet it, but I think Loma's gonna dominate her here. To be honest, man.
0: Yeah, I'm having trouble with choosing the method of victory here. Could I, I could see her absolutely starching her on the feet, you know, accumulative damage, uh, you know, cutting her up and all that type of stuff, or just going out there and winning by decision. It's it's very tough to call. But uh, yeah, I do agree with the line being as wide as it is. Andrew, how do you how do you feel this one? Do you see any value at all on Sam Hughes here?
3: No, I. Um, hmm no i don't i think the line's pretty close to right i played um i played loma ko at plus 460 and i played um loma in round three at plus 1800 i kind of think if this sam Hughes' path to victory is probably getting some takedowns and hanging on for dear life but i think on the feet she's pretty fucked and i think um that's there's some good value there on the ko and round three props I, i think if It could be one of those fights where she's just kind of taking a beating and and, and like James mentioned, maybe be like a Doctor Stoppage going into round three or just eventually she kinda just shells up against the you know, you know the type I'm talking about. But I I think Loma's live for a KO here.
0: Yeah, this is one of those ones where like you even look back at that Tisha Torres performance. That's the most aggressive we've seen Tisha Torres, right? It seemed like she was coming out with a chip on her shoulder and she just absolutely put it on uh, Sam Hughes in that fight. But yeah, I absolutely agree with you on the propping you up show that I did last night. I-, I gave out round two and round three. I think round two was plus 725 for uh, Loma Lukwami and then plus about 1400. I think you said you got plus 1800 on round three for Loma and I think it's a good spot. It's not going to be a, a one punch knockout. I don't see that type of power from Loma, but I do see that accumulate damage that she's able to rack up here for me personally I, I am a little bit hesitant about the potential takedown opportunity for sam hughes as we saw like when Jin Yu fry just wanted to say "fuck it i'm going to take this girl down and she was able to do it at the beginning of the third round but she just had no success in terms of holding her down and uh, loma was able to get back to her feet and just get her striking going once again so i'm not huge on the fact that uh, you know sam hughes will for sure go out there and and gsp her or khabib her or something by taking her down repeatedly i don't believe that's going to happen here but i do think that loma is rightfully favored i think she should be the heavy favorite as as everybody believes she should uh now the 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 challenge is more so do you think she wins by decision or do you think she wins by by uh by finish here i think the decision prop line is like minus 135 so i'm not sure how many people want to go out there and bet that but i do like that round three look for sure you guys know i love my round threes for sure so uh i, I might have to take a little bit of a stab on that myself even throw in round two there in case uh, sam hughes is not able to see that 10th and 11th minute of this fight uh so yeah i got loma i'll ultimately end up going with finish as well probably second or third round luke bring this one home you think loma all around or, or are you going to be a sneaky guy and try to take hughes here <laughs> no i largely
1: uh, largely agree with the boys here that the lines uh Justified. I'm not
0: gonna lie. I think it's a tad
1: wide. Uh, I think mi- yeah. minus 400 is getting up there just, just a little bit for for a WMA fight for me. Um, uh, so I guess I slightly disagree with lucrative in a knockout. Uh, I'm actually on Loma decision. Uh, personally, uh, I will give Sam Hughes a little bit more credit. I do think you know she does need to be given some credit in the sense of that Tisha Torres fight. You touched on it too, Lock. That uh, that was the most aggressive that we have seen Tisha Torres in a in a second. Uh, coupled with the fact that she took that fight on less than a week's notice, pretty yeah. drastic step up in competition against a perennial top fifteen girl um, with, like I said, largely no camp. Uh, so I do think you need to uh, give her. For some credit in that capacity. And from what I have seen from her, even on the regionals, she appears to be a pretty tough girl. Um, could Loma I guess stop her corner stoppage sure but in, in general i I like Hughes to tough it out probably get beat up here largely yeah Loma's going to be the minute winner but uh WMA fights uh I'm not trying to get too sneaky with it uh, I think Loma's the clear minute winner instead of bland you know that minus 400 minus 300 throwing Loma in your parlays I think taking her by the most likely path uh is the play and not to mention you know even against Frey I mean she beat the living hell out of Frey for for you know, 15 minutes uh, didn't finish her either, you know, say what you want, Frey versus, you know, Hughes, you know, that there can be, you know, an argument made there. But um, at the end of the day, she's not, you know, this one one punch, you know, type of girl or anything like that who's been this perennial knockout artist. So uh, I like Loma to win on the cards.
0: I will say one last thing about Loma Look with Me. A lot of people are underrating her ground game as well, too. Like, obviously, we saw the Angela Hill fight where Hill was able to get her down and, and kind of grind her out that way. But if you watch her Invicta fight, she actually shows some good fight IQ in terms of mixing up her striking with her takedowns and doing some good work from on top, too. So she's not just a Muay Thai fighter. And I'm sure that work she's doing over there at Tiger Muay Thai with that wrestler, George Hickman, their head coach over there, I'm sure it's helping her round out her game. All right, let's move on to this next fight here. We got Kai Kamaka going up against TJ Brown. And in terms of odds... We got minus 150 on Kamaka and plus 140 on TJ Brown. Andrew, I'll let you kick this one off.
3: Yeah, I mean, this is just nuts. I mean, Kai Kamaka literally gives his back every single time he gets taken down without fail by Jonathan Pierce, who I genuinely going into that fight thought was one of the worst fighters on the roster. Let me tell you a story. I went on a streak for about a year and a half where I never lost a bet on someone minus 300 or higher a year and a half I bet Kai Kamaka minus 300 against Jonathan Pierce it goes to show how low I thought of Jonathan Pierce and still still do by the way we could save that for another time Kai Kamaka manages to get taken down gives his back every single time I can't believe he's favorite here I think I think Brown's going to win I think Brown's going to submit him
0: I like it. Uh, I actually like Brown here too. He's probably one of my favorite underdogs on the card. Uh, Kai Kamaka, it's weird that he has all these decision victories on his record but his cardio seems a little bit suspect, right? We didn't get to see too much of it exposed in that Tony Kelly fight as Tony Kelly was exhausted as hell too but they were going at it in a fight of the year kind of uh, fight, right? A lot of people were high on Kai Kamaka after that fight. Did he live up to that minus 245, minus 250 price tag that night? Probably not but he still ended up getting the victory and then obviously the Jonathan Pierce fight, we see Pierce gut it out a a little bit longer and then eventually get that takedown at the end of the second and ground and pound him out but tj brown obviously has a little bit of cardio issues himself but i'd rather go with the grappler here compared to the the stand-up fighter with no power on his shots so i'd rather just go with tj brown to drag this fight to the ground get his game going like it's funny when you see the tj brown versus jordan griffin uh, dfs points He pretty much had the same amount of points that Griffin had even after Griffin won just because of takedowns and crown uh, control time and all that. And I really like his approach in in his fights. And I think he'll be able to do that perfectly here against Kamaka as I don't think that Kamaka has great takedown defense. Again, I don't think he's much of a threat on the feet. He has some good combinations. Don't get me wrong, but he just has no power on them. And I don't think it's really going to threaten TJ Brown here. And I know the whole running joke of this whole week is, you know, I can't wait to go to the betting window to lose more money on TJ Brown. but. It seems like a spot that he should come through as an underdog. So I'm going TJ Brown. I think he's going to finish as well. And this is another spot that I actually, like, as a third round prop, Andrew, go ahead.
3: No, I just wanted to say one more thing to, to uh, follow up on your point with the um, with TJ Brown's cardio. When you're wrestling slash grappling and you're getting your resistance met to the point where he was against, say, Jordan Griffin, who's also a pretty legit grappler, that's like night and day what that does to your cardio compared yeah. to when someone who's not going to give you that resistance, like him grapple him grappling kai kamaka is not is not going to do the same thing to his cardio as if he was trying to grapple say i don't know insert decent grappler here like it's, it's night and day trust me when you're when you're wrestling someone who's meeting you at every single turn head on you have to push to 10 out of 10 to fight for every single inch in every single position it's night and day with cardio compared to what i, what I personally think he can do to um Kai
0: Kamata. I think it's not more grappling based, but I think the perfect example is like Gilbert Burns versus Tyron Woodley versus Gilbert Burns versus Kamar Usman, right? You see the gas thing kind of fail him. There's way more action, way more resistance from Kamaru Usman than he was getting from, from Tyron Woodley. So I absolutely understand your perspective from there. So yeah, we're both on Brown. We think he gets to finish. Luke, how are you seeing this one? If his connection is working. <laughs> Luke, you looked at over there. (laughs) All right, we're going to get him. I'm going to boot him out and then get him back in here. Uh, James, I'll let you kick it off right now.
2: Yeah, so I've got quite a lot to say about this fight. I mean, just with what you guys said. So, look, I'll be fully transparent. I've bet TJ Brown here. I bet him at plus 140. I don't think he should be a plus 140 dog to Kai Kamaka, but. I don't think this is a a home run win for TJ. I feel like this fight is a close fight. I feel like it should be about 50-50. I'd probably line um, TJ Brown a slight favorite. The thing about TJ Brown, which I don't like, because you guys have said what you like about him, and I agree with everything you said, right? But let me just give Kai Kamaka a little bit of credit and TJ Brown maybe a little bit less in this matchup. I feel like it could be close because... TJ Brown's a good wrestler, right? He's going to spam takedowns, which is what you want. He didn't really do it in his last fight too much against Danny Chavez, but I'm going to let him off the hook there. He took some heavy calf shots. He couldn't really get distance that well. Um, it was a bit of an anomaly fight, in my opinion. It's not going to happen the same way against Kaikamaka. But I don't really like TJ Brown's game in general, as in I know he'll go for the takedowns. I just don't think he's a very high-level guy, man, to be honest. And I don't think Kaikamaka is that high-level either, but I feel like, I feel like it's a close fight tj brown when he gets on top here yeah, which he will get on top in, in this fight he loses position a lot of the time like very regularly he'll get swept um we've seen it multiple times in multiple fights you know jordan griffin of course that happened and he got submitted but in other fights he's been swept loads of times um his cardio isn't the best either i've seen him slow down in more than one fight i know kai kamaka has questions on their cardio but i wouldn't say that tj brown is like has a great advantage in in the cardio realm in this fight the reason i've played it is just because i think the line's off i think tj tj brown should be a slight favorite and i could see tj brown getting a uh, submission as well possibly but i haven't played it because i'm so confident tj brown's going to go out there and win right probably what influenced my decision as well was that he has gone to james kraus and i do think james kraus is going to give him a very good game plan i don't usually take so much stock in the stuff that is outside of the octagon so when i'm capping fights right like 95 of my capping ability prowess whatever my reads will come from what i see on tape in the octagon right the other five percent is all that other bullshit, like outside of the octagon stuff if they've changed camp all of that stuff right because you can't how, how much are you going to cap that into your ability of what you think is going to happen into the fight you don't know how much to read into it but him going to james kraus i do actually read a little bit more than i usually would into that Because James Kraus is emerging as one of the best coaches in the game, and he's also emerging as one of the best coaches who gives his fighters very good game plans, specifically. Right, so I feel like TJ Brown will have a good game plan in this fight, but I wouldn't be surprised if Kai Kamaka comes out here and wins this fight. But at the end of the day, if we want to be profitable long term, we should be betting the numbers, not just betting the fighters who we think going to win the fight, and. I agree with Andrew. TJ Brown should not be the dog here. If anything, he should be the slight favorite. And that's why I've bet him.
0: Yeah, the James Cross thing is a, is a huge thing for sure. Look what he did with Derek Minner, changing tra- t- changing that guy to a decision fighter all of a sudden. And not to mention the, the ability that he's able to give these guys uh, advice in between rounds, too. I'm sure that definitely helps uh, with adjusting your game plan on the fly and seeing what you see inside the cage. Luke, we lost you for a second, but we're back. What do you see in this Kai Kamaka and TJ Brown fight? We're all on Brown, it seems. Are you the sole guy on Kamaka here, or are you joining us on this underdog train?
1: Yeah. So I'm going to play contrarian here. And I think Brown's actually the trap of the week. Well, not, I shouldn't say necessarily trap of the week. Um, because it's one of those spots where I think it almost seems so obvious that he should get takedowns here should sub Pierce or, um, TJ Brown based on the Jonathan Pierce fight, but similar to, I guess, uh, you know, I guess to give a little narrative to Kai Kamaka, similar to, you know, Brown going to glory. Um, well, in in that, for that Jonathan Pierce last camp, you know, he was in the middle of moving his family all the way from Hawaii to the States. Uh, he's in the States full-time now, training at a real camp uh, with Extreme Couture. His main training partners for the camp, guys like Patchy Mix, Jeremy Kennedy, Dan Ege, Mads Burnell, all four elite-level wrestler grapplers at 145 pounds to my dad. So I'm just saying, I'm not saying the guy's going to diametrically change his bottom game in four months by any means. But that's a murderer's row of guys to be working with the last four months so if i had any degree of confidence you know that that the guy could have improved his bottom game uh you know there's that and kai kamaka is a d2 wrestler as well has looked good from top position um but my sneaky angle for the fight actually despite you know uh kamaka not being this you know ko guy historically we've seen brown KO'd a couple times he's been dinged in a couple other fights kamaka throws heat uh i actually think we see kai kamaka KO TJ Brown, so I don't necessarily hate uh, the TJ Brown stabs, but to be honest, I actually think the play for the fight is under two and a half. Uh, at plus 170, I think both guys have finishing upside, uh, in their capacities. Like I said, despite Brown or I'm sorry, Kamaka being a decision machine historically, uh, Brown is a guy who will swing, uh, on the feet pretty defensively liable. Like I said, has been hurt, knocked out multiple times. Uh, so I see both guys having passed to finish, uh, instead of backing one of the sides, uh, I'd rather back violence.
0: Violence is always the way to go. I love me a nice under better. And I, I definitely like it. Like, again, I, I think Brown has the ability to finish this fight. I'm not as sure about the Kamaka side, but with the deficiencies that we see in TJ Brown's striking uh, prowess, uh, I could definitely see that opening there for him. All right, let's move on to the next fight here. It was supposed to be Gabriel Benitez and Jonathan Pierce. Jonathan Pierce likes not to fight. So we move right on to Ronda Marcos versus Luana Pinero. I believe this is still the prelim headliner. Uh, We got minus, what is it? Minus um, minus 155 on Pinero, plus 145 on Ronda Marcos. I'll kick this one off. Um, We see this week in and week out, right? We see the women's MMA debutante coming in uh, either undefeated on the regional scene or, you know, a great streak that they're currently on with Pinero specifically. We got six straight knockout finishes in the first round against very skeptical competition you gotta say the best fighter that she's fought in that time was her contender series fight and you want to talk about a setup fight like they can say what they want on the commentary about this girl being on a three-fight winning streak and the matchmakers loving this new form that she's in but we all know who they're there for we all know why Luana pinero was like a minus 500 favorite going into that fight um I still have question marks, right? I, I'm not going to be sold on a girl that can go out there and stiff grows within, you know, uh, a minute or two minutes or three minutes, or whatever it's been in our last six fights. So I, I just don't feel uber confident going out there and playing minus 150, minus 160, minus 170, which she was at uh, earlier in the week uh, on Pinheiro. Say what you want about Random Marcus, but this girl is durable. The only time I believe she's been finished twice inside the ufc once by courtney casey by armbar which i believe was over five four or five years ago at this time and then obviously most recently to um Mackenzie Dern via armbar and all week she's talking about i'm not going to engage in the grappling and what does she do the first thing once Mackenzie Dern flops to her back she engages in the grappling and she gets tied up and then eventually gets armbarred in that fight so um this is do or die for ronda marcos right she's 10 10 and 1 she's at 500 at this point in time and uh she's on a three-fight losing skid. So she changes things up. She goes down to Travis Lutus gyms in in, uh, in Texas and tries to round out her jiu-jitsu game or just try to get some different looks to hopefully save her UFC career. But can we just take a moment and recognize the amount of... Uh, balls from Random marcos to accept the amount of fights that she's been expecting accepting against the level of competition she's been accepting it against like amanda Hibas, uh, mackenzie dern kanaka murata who was making her d- debut but obviously was very highly touted from her regional scene has good skills has good wrestling and she showed it off in that fight against Ronda marcos and now here comes another hot prospect that she's like i'll take her and we'll see what ends up happening this weekend but I believe in her durability I believe in her ability to get this fight to the the second round to the third round and I think that she'll be able to push Pinero here what does Pinero look like when the fight goes later we have no evidence of that other than on her record that it says she's been to a decision twice once in her first fight where the girl that she ended up beating I believe only uh, fought two or three more times and ended up losing all those fights and then when she uh went to the next decision she ended up losing that fight and that girl ended up ended her career four and four so very skeptical what does her cardio look like what does her gas tank look like what does it look like when she actually feels feels opposition with that said like i don't have the heart to go out there and bet ronda marcos for predictions sake i'm going to pick ronda marcos for the show but uh i'm not betting minus 155 minus 160 on 10 we need to see more from her if you're just going to go out there and say that she's going to knock out marcos in the first three minutes We don't really have the data to say that Marcos is is Chinny. Like, she might have bad fight IQ, but she's not Chinny. She's very durable. She's able to survive seven and a half minutes on the ground against Amanda Hivas, who's a very solid jiu-jitsu player herself. Uh, Pinheiro Brown Belt in jiu-jitsu seems to have decent striking. Obviously, her boyfriend, uh, Matias Nicolau. When you have a a power couple like that in the MMA world together, you know they live, eat, bleed, train every single day uh, in, in MMA. So that's one thing that you have to take into this. But... Give me some more against, of Pinero against a decent competition. And Random Marcos may not be the upper echelon of this strawweight division, but at least she's a, a warm body that we know is going to have some sort of resistance to whatever Pinero is going to bring to the table. So... Ultimately, I'm going to go Marcos by decision, not with the utmost confidence, but I need to see more from Pinero before I'm going to go out there and bet this minus 150 or even any favorite line on her because we need to see her face resistance. Luke, are you feeling the same way as me or are you more schooled on Pinero from what you've been seeing?
1: Yeah, it's uh, one of your boys in the chat just said Pinero will be another Gloria DePaula and honestly, I get a <laughs> lot of Gloria DePaula vibes from this chick. I, I really, yeah. really do. I mean, we, everyone talked about that fight coming in that, uh, DePaulo is the, you know, the second coming of Christ and, uh, you know, that lesson, uh, incoming actually did take a small poke on Junyu Frey here or in that spot. Similar to you, Locke, I do not have the balls to uh, bet Random Marcos. Uh, maybe it's you know like old school. You know, I get burned. I was actually I bet her against Mackenzie Dern based based on the fact that I thought she would be able to uh, stay upright. And uh, you know, like you said, engaged in the grappling. Poor fight AQ, but on the record saying she has poor fight AQ. Fights girl and Claudia cadalia What does Claudia Cadelia always struggle with? Pressure. What does she do? She stands behind the black line and just gets pot shotted for you know uh three rounds so i mean it's on record that you know the girl isn't you know the sharpest knife in the drawer um but like you said battle tested battle tested vet fought the best out there uh pinero running through everybody and one thing i will say men or women you know regional ko's just tend not to translate to the ufc uh very often you know you have all these killers coming in and they get to the ufc and then you know you know not so much so what i will say for Paniero, you know black belt and judo, brown belt and jujitsu, you know, everything on paper looks good, good for her. aggression, knockouts, but her technical acumen is very green. Uh, despite her grappling, you know, credentials on paper, I think her grappling is also very green. Um, so I, I think this is, is a bet lesson spot out of principle. I should be betting random Marcos, but I just, I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I can't do it, but I'm, uh, I'm picking her for, uh, for the upset here.
0: Yeah, Pinero could absolutely go out and win this fight. But, like, if you're trying to take an educated approach to this fight, I'm not sure how you can truly come out on the other side betting that chalk on a girl like Pinero who has truly faced relatively no competition. James, how are you feeling about this one?
2: Yeah, feeling the same as you guys, to be honest, man. I feel like the side is probably Random Marcos. But, again, I'm not really confident enough to bet Random Marcos, but she's plus 150. I just spoke about we need to be betting the numbers, not the fighters. And now i don't want to bet the number because i'm scared of the fighter you know so (laughs) i don't know what it is man but i feel like the same as you guys pinero's she's looked good on the regional scene you know one thing I, i will say is that when these fighters are coming in off the regional scene um if they're favorites i at least i like to see them dominate the regional scene which is what she's done you know she's finishing every fight in the first round she did lose that fight it's like a second or third fight she went to decision there um that didn't look that wasn't a very good look but you know It was a long time ago. I don't know how long, three or four years ago or something. She's won eight fights or something in a row since stopping everyone in the first round. But as Luke said, when you're stopping everyone in the first round on the regional scene, you come into the UFC, it doesn't really play out. And she's fighting a veteran here with, I don't know, 15 UFC fights or something. I know she's 10 and 10, but I can definitely see Randa Marcos getting the win here. Pinero's, her win condition, like usually on the regional scene is round one, right? So if she doesn't get that round one stoppage, What's gonna happen then? Are you really gonna bank on her, you know, grinding Marcos out or winning another round? Like anything can happen. If if you want to play Pinero, might as well take a shot on round one because that's probably gonna be plus four hundred or something. I mean, if you really want action on the girl, you might as well say she's gonna do what she's done for her last eight fights in a row. Um, but I think the side is Random Marcos. I'm picking Random Marcos, but not yeah, not confident either way. Really, I don't I don't really have too much to say about this fight.
0: You got plus five twenty five on Pinheiro to win inside round one. So if you are looking a her not a good, not a bad angle there from uh, from my guy James Andrew. How are you seeing this one?
3: <clears throat> I'll be the one with some nuts here. I played Random Marco as <laughs> a <at> plus one. <laughs> oh, hey, I'll let me let me just read you some. Let me just read you read through really quick. Random Marco's past opponents and their credentials. So her most recent fight is with Kanako Murata, who is an Olympic level wrestler. The one before that is Mackenzie Dern, who's currently ranked in the top five. Amanda Hebas, who is at the worst, the top 10 strawweight right now. Is that fair to say? Mm. Top 15, maybe? That. Yep. Ashley yep. Oda, who she beat. Claudia Gadella, who is a former title challenger. Angela Hill, who she beat, who I think's probably ranked in the top 15. I'm not close to that right now. But You guys are starting to get my point. I mean, it's like this is random marco's easiest fight on paper in years if if I, I can't even like remember the last time like just going through it a little further like marina rodriguez no nina answer no like maybe juliana lima back in 2018 that was like eight fights ago i mean maybe maybe um i'm, I'm already forgetting her name the who's she fighting um
2: yeah Panero.
3: Panero, uh whatever yeah Panero maybe Panero's good and maybe she justifies being minus 170 or whatever she is. But it's like, until I've seen her do it, like there's no way I could possibly cap her minus 170 here. Like to think that, like maybe, like I said, maybe she is good. And I say this every time we get a new regional person who's a, a big favorite. It's like, yeah, maybe they're that good. It's like, but for the amount of times they are actually that good compared to the amount of times they're lined, as if they're assumed that they're that good. I, I hope everyone's following what I mean by that. It, it just doesn't match up. So it's like this is a kind of bet where I'll be perfectly if if um if Pinero goes out there and beats the shit out of her, like it's a bet I'm perfectly fine losing. I'll make it every time.
0: Yeah, i'm right there with you like you yeah, have to take some of these shots at times thankfully you out of all four of us have the balls to do it uh you know i had the balls to do it with marina rodriguez with the mandegui back in january but like there are certain spots you need to go out there and and uh you know we we're making all the points but we're not pulling the trigger you're the one pulling the trigger so hats off to you and i hope you actually catch that uh but it's a good learning lesson for anybody that actually ends up putting money on pinero and if she ends up losing like you can't just base it off of wins over regional bums and you know just just because the record looks good and the ufc is trying to prop her up you know it it doesn't always work out that way All right let's move on to the next fight this is actually the first fight on the main card. i do want to remind you guys we got over 200 uh, close to 200 people in the chat right now make sure you guys hit that like make sure you guys hit that subscribe show support for all the guys out here and obviously i have their twitter accounts tagged in the description below so you guys can go follow them as well i will announce at the end of the stream the next lineup that i have for next week as you guys know obviously a rotating guest so no cody no bleed as you guys are asking y'all got to get used to this rotating cast because we got some headers out here and happy to have these guys with us all right Let's get the first fight out of the way and i'm gonna let luke kick it off we got poliana botelio against luana carolina who was uh who missed weight she missed weight by two and a half pounds she did not look good on the scales she's one of the last people out luke how are you seeing this fight yeah i largely think it's a decent spot
1: for botelio but i'm not gonna lie i think the line's starting to get a little ridiculous to be honest um just running through botelio you know body kick, Siri Kondo, Pearl Gonzalez. She gets stuck against the cage for 10 minutes, legitimately wins that fight by just elbowing the girl. Uh, Calvillo runs around the ground. Lauren Mueller wins the first two drops the third round. Cause she cardio dumps Jillian Robertson gets, you know, uh, you know, controlled for the large majority of the fight and Russell. So <clears throat> there's still are a lot of very disconcerting things and issues I have with, with Botelho's game. Now, Carolina you know definitely isn't some world beater uh, by any means but when it's you know this low to moderate level pitter patter WMMA type of scenario uh in my opinion I mean Luana Carolina does land over six significant strikes per minute she comes forward her optics are good she's crazy hittable uh I get that but and people talk you know oh well maybe you know but finishes her I do think it's a possibility but she did take some absolute bombs from Priscilla Casuera. Uh, in that fight too, and just kept coming and kept coming forward. So if Carolina was able to make this a closer fight than the current odds indicate, assuming she doesn't get finished, I wouldn't be surprised. In my opinion, it would actually be the best path for Botelio to wrestle here. Uh, we haven't seen her do it a ton. Uh, but it is something I think that she has in her back pocket. If anything, you know, she's been struggled when she's been actively wrestled, but on top, I don't think she looks, uh, overtly terrible. Um. I think that's really her best path in the way for her to justify her current price tag. But if she decides to go out here and have a 15 minute kickboxing match, I'm not really convinced or, or as to why anybody would put Botelio 70%, uh, in, in that scenario. Once again, assuming she doesn't finish her and it's an extended range kickboxing, uh, match. That, that's just me. It's, it's low to moderate level WMA. There's always so, so much high variance in these type of spots. Um, I think people are getting just a tad high on on mrs Botello.
0: yeah i would have to agree there i think the line is a little bit wide uh but i think it's a, a huge fade on carolina year that not a lot of people are big on uh james how are you feeling about this one
2: man i don't have much to say about this fight it's like it doesn't interest me at all you know i taped it i was like i'm not gonna go back and watch so many fights of these guys you know i the line's nothing special i think botella wins the fight but yeah, I'll just be repeating a lot of what Luke said really. Um I'm taking Batela for the win. I'm 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 not looking at this fight to bet it in any way whatsoever.
0: Uh Andrew, how are you feeling about this one? Yeah. I'd be I'm, surprised I'm... if we got some good thoughts out of you for this one, because I feel like this is one that you would be passing too. How do you feel about it?
3: Yeah, so so now you're correct. But when this line was first out, I, I like—I don't know if you guys are all like this. I, I mean, I know I, I talked to you a, a decent amount, but um, I taped cards pretty far in advance. So, I, I, like, right when this fight got made, because I think it was, like, a short-notice matchup, I taped it right away, and I kind of thought Battaglia was going to win. And the line came out, and Battaglia was probably, like, I, th- I forget, maybe minus 170. And then the line started to come, like, the first few days it was out, like, kind of before people were really, like, paying attention to it. It got down to, like, Minus one fifty five, and then minus one forty, and I think even minus one thirty five. And I was like, and that that was probably like a week ago. And I was like, all right, I think I I probably play this price. Like I think it should be wider. I think probably like minus one seventy five, minus two hundred range probably makes sense. And um, then I woke up the next morning and it it had like shot up. So I was like, damn, I, I missed my shot. But haven't forced anything on it. I think Natalio probably wins, but but it's kind of like you guys touched on. There's there's no real value at the slime
0: yeah like i said earlier too i think this is more so of a fade on carolina which is why the line is just skyrocketing in the way that it is talk about that nasty knee bar that ariani lipsky was able to latch onto her when she last time uh fought that was a fight that was kind of surprised the line being as close as it was i remember betting lipsky around minus 125 minus 130 there and uh honestly i i hate to say this like after running the tape i was obviously on the lipsky side but somebody posted that picture or that video of her doing the push-ups and i'm like (laughs) uh like you're telling me this person's supposed to go out there and beat the queen of violence and that happened i expected it to come via tko on the feet but i'll take a knee bar as well so good win for for lipski right there but uh yeah i'm definitely on the Batelio side here maybe inside the distance somebody even told me or or brought up the the idea of the under two and a half at plus 260 i think that's not too bad of a line i think the win condition there is or is there for battelio to potentially get a finish whether it's on the ground or whether it's the feet we know Batelia has some heaters in her hands and uh if she does get this fight to the ground like Luke was saying i think she could absolutely um you know really wear on carolina (laughs) and i don't really see what carolina is truly good at maybe she has some output maybe she has some volume like the way she beat priscilla cashera but it's fucking priscilla Caswear like a walking zombie that uh you know that is pretty much a a mobile punching bag and she was able to you know come away with the victory in that fight i'm not sure if she's ever going to get another victory in the uh, in the ufc to be honest but yeah this Patelio fight is definitely uh or th- this fight is definitely on Patelio's side for sure all right, let's move on to the next fight here this one i'm very interested to hear everybody's take on we got Marab deval coming in at that obvious chalk i believe he's up at minus 255 or down to minus 235 now actually i'm plus 215 on cody stamen uh james i'll let you kick this one off buddy
2: yeah i see a lot of people on twitter saying the line is a bit off you know like value on Stamen. I'd, i i do not know man i think marab's gonna marab you know i think he's gonna do what he always does in every single fight He's going to put that pressure on Cody. Cody's yeah, he's a decent wrestler. Murad doesn't really need to get takedowns consistently to win the fight, in my opinion. He only needs to threaten them. We saw John Dodson stuff. I don't know, tenish takedowns or something of Murad last fight. He still won that fight extremely clearly. Um, Cody Stamen's going to be a step below. I think Murad's going to be a level above. Right now we're going to Texas, and a lot of people are talking about the judge in there. Maybe it's like a. a this a is Stone
0: Vegas. This is Stone Vegas
2: oh okay so yeah all right well anyway so that doesn't matter but look i just feel like marab's gonna do his thing here cody seems to slow down in a lot of fights as well right so i've seen a lot of people take round three off him um you don't want to be slowing down against marab because he's going to put the same pace as he starts to fight with he's going to end it like that he actually might even end it at a higher pace than he starts off right so i feel like cody could probably give him like a closer fight than maybe we've seen him against john dodson against gustavo lopez you know he seems to dominate these fights maybe cody makes it a little bit closer i still think marab's gonna win every uh, round and i think the fights definitely go into decision i don't see a stoppage here the most likely outcome is what I'm pretty confident in here. Marab to win via decision. If you just bet Marab via decision in all of his UFC fights, you'll be a rich man. You could probably retire from MMA and you don't need to watch shows like this anymore because the dude always wins via decision. It's like minus 150, I think now. Uh, you know, I, I got in at like minus 135 or whatever it was. Um, yeah, I think he's gonna win by decision probably 30, 27
0: yeah uh, andrew i want to pose this to you i know you you have a little bit of wrestling uh experience and all that stuff would you say that cody Stamen is the best wrestler that marab has fought you know ricky simone is up there casey kenny i believe has a little bit of a wrestling background too but would you say that cody Stamen is probably the best wrestler he's faced to this point
3: listen i've got a, i've got a little better than just a little bit of a, be- a wrestling <laughs> background first of all no but um yeah, I like my whole point on this fight was gonna be like I I, I get why Mirab is a favorite. Like I have no plays on this fight right now. Um, I just kind of have a hard time seeing him doing that whole like absolutely like raping Cody Stamen like he does the like I, I just have a hard time seeing it. Like, if you go back and watch Stamen's fight with Alger, like Stamen got a couple takedowns there, Alger got a couple takedowns there, but it was like very competitive stamen doesn't he's a pretty solid wrestling background like he's, he's not jordan burroughs or ben Askren, but he he knows what he's doing there and I, i've kind of never been a huge fan of rob striking um i think he, he like he's gonna get takedowns here at some point unless Stamen kills him right away which i which i guess you have to factor in for a, some single digit percentage outcome but i don't know i, I kind of think it'll be one of those fights where He's like kind of clasped around his back against the fence, he doesn't really do that much with it. And maybe, like, in their few exchanges, Stamen lands some stuff, and Rob probably wins like 29, 28. Maybe, like, Stamen has one round where he hits him with some hard shots. I don't know. I, I, I think, like, typically a lot of fight day money comes in on Rob, so I'm kind of looking at it right now and thinking to myself, yeah, like, if I were to cap this, I'd probably have Rob at like Minus 200, minus 215 range. But I think I wouldn't be surprised if he closes at, like, minus 300. And and I'd consider taking a shot on Stamen there.
0: Yeah, pre pre-tape, I was heavily on the statement side here, thinking that this is going to be Marab's toughest test. I even took a little bit of a sprinkle on Dodson via KO the last time Marab was in the cage, thinking that you know Murab, as good as he is, the, the the reason he's as good as he is and as successful as he is, he has a crazy gas tank. Like nobody can master his pace, nobody can can match his cardio, which is why he's always putting this crazy pace on his opponents. But John Dodson's hard to get down. I believe uh, uh, Marab went two of twenty on takedowns on that fight, if I'm not mistaken. And I thought the more this fight was on the feet, the more we were going to be able to see him possibly get the knockout obviously it didn't come to fruition but i thought that once he starts finding somebody that's technically better than him and can not match his pace but at least be competitive in the wrestling exchanges he's probably going to get into some trouble and you know Cody statement obviously i think it, is close to filling that mold, but I'm not 100% sure if he'll actually do it. I don't agree with the line. I think the line is a little bit too wide, but as uh, James had mentioned, I think the best approach for this would be to take that decision prop, minus 135, minus 150-ish. I think that's accurate for Merob since that's more often than not his win conditions. And same with Cody Stammen. When do we see him finish anybody? I believe in, even last night, the chalkiest prop Cody ever gave was last night at minus 300. The fight goes to decision, and that almost seems like a, a sure thing here as both guys don't have that that, that finishing ability or that that real killer in his instinct with Marab, his his striking just doesn't look the greatest it's almost uh robotic at times just so that he can close the distance and try to get his wrestling game going i just don't know how successful he'll be here against cody but i think even if he just gets into the clinch position like like uh andrew was saying and just push him up against the cage try to overpower him and then just suck that energy dry i think that murab will come out you know a step ahead pretty much at all times in this fight so i do lean with murab i think he wins by decision but you know after running the tape I, i'm not as uh keen on betting Stamen, nor am i as keen on betting morab in this spot but i still do think morab gets his hand raised luke bring it on home how are you feeling about this one
1: uh, yeah, originally going into the tape kind of similar to you. I thought I'd be giving more credence to Stamen and after watching the tape, uh, I, I, I really like from to be honest, uh, a couple fights to hit on, uh, Brian Caraway, uh, Stamen was taken down, controlled pretty easily, uh, in, in that first round of that fight made it definitely a little greasier. That fight went to split, obviously, you know, he had a little success against Aljo, um, early on and then, you know, we saw what materialized in, you know, the second round, but it's Aljo, you know, say what you want, but it's really that pressure blanket game that he plays and just plays it so well. So I'm not saying that, you know, Mirab necessarily, you know, takes him down and controls him like on the mat for, you know, 10 minutes here. I'm not saying I see it more being up and down mat return, you know, type scenario, just play that blanket game. And I think a really fun stat for the fight as well like 52% of Marab's fights have taken place in the grappling in some capacity wow. of 50, of 52% of that 52%, 92% of that time Marab is in control position. And the only guy I think that exceeds that number is Gregor Gillespie. Like, I mean, it's, I mean, the guy, the guy's just control and pressure is absolutely unreal. So yeah, you know, it's just striking, you know, a little Herky jerky, but at the end of the day, you know, he's, he's not getting hit clean a ton. I think it is something that he has improved on now. Yeah. If you, if this fights, you know, a range kickboxing matches is, is Mirab, you know, minus 300 in that scenario. Absolutely not. I mean, Stamen went out there and had a ton of success against Kelleher, which I don't think a lot of us anticipated his hands looked phenomenal, you know, in that fight. Uh, all right. Andrew did. <laughs> I, had,
3: I had one of my biggest bets I've ever made to this day on Cal or on Stamen in that fight nice good call good call bro but at,
1: at the end of the day i'm kind i'm kind of with uh, uh james is that um uh i think Marab decision it's the most likely outcome even if Stamen is able to put up some more resistance than then you know maybe i'm anticipating you know even 29 28 marab grinding base decision is just a such a high outcome in this fight it's a great uh, case in point where instead of you know laying the big chalk on him throwing him in your parlays buy down uh, most likely win condition, uh Mirab decision is the play here for me.
0: Yeah, this fight is definitely going to show us a lot about Murad, right? This is easily the toughest test he's fought to date. Uh, That Ricky Simone fight was interesting. Obviously, such a weird outcome in that fight. But I think this Cody Staminer is the perfect timing for him to see if he's able to really uh, thrust himself into that top 10 of this division. All right, let's move on to the next fight. Sean Strickland against Kristoff Jotko. We got some chalk on my guy Sean Strickland here. Minus 265 and plus 245 is the return on Jotko. Andrew, I'll let you kick this one off.
3: Can we just revisit how you said how you said I had a little bit of wrestling experience?
0: <laughs> just spell it out for us. What what, just, did, what wrestled, is the exact I wrestled, wrestling? I wrestled
3: for sixteen years, but okay. <laughs> put, put some respect on my name, as <laughs> Laura Usman likes to say. He's, uh, play,
1: he's playing this Colby Covington guy. He, he's a Covington guy. He's trying to go heel on the pod, bro. Heavy, heavy uh, Covington
3: guy. oh well, you guys, you guys want whenever whenever colby fights next i'll come back on and i'll, I'll really get in the character but, All right, <laughs>
0: but, i'll i'll jot you down for that for sure yeah
3: bro. put pencil me in for that but with jocko and strickland um i i think strickland's gonna win i played him pretty big against uh brendan allen um inside distance money line plus my i thought it was crazy i played inside distance like plus 360. i had money line at plus whatever it was but um that was a nice cash I don't know. Like Strickland's definitely the better boxer here. He's 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 pretty good everywhere, really. He's well rounded, but um, Jaco kind of has kind of has some um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Some good instincts to kind of make fights a little bit grindy and close. And I think maybe he might do that here. Sometimes I feel like Strickland doesn't always fight to his easiest win win conditions. So I don't know. I definitely favor Strickland to win. I think. He's going to get ahead on the strikes. So he'll probably – he doesn't really throw too much power into his shots. So he'll, he'll kind of pop, pop, run up the numbers volume-wise. Um, so I think he's going to win. He's probably live for a finish too, but I have no plays on the fight. I think the line is probably about right.
0: Yeah, it's, it's funny that you say that Strickland doesn't really play to his best win conditions. I was holding a, uh, I believe it was a plus 400 ticket on Strickland to win by uh, submission over Jack Marsh. And he just decides to go out there and just strike with the guy for fucking 15 minutes. Obviously it plays out for him and yeah, he actually wins pardon. the fight, but like talk about fighting like not to the best of your abilities or at least not to your best win condition there. But yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I think Strickland wins this fight. I think he cruises, you know, Jotko obviously one of uh poor like knockout loss streak that he had with Uriah Hall and Brad Tavares and then obviously bounced back with a good, grinding decision victory over alan omadovsky and then obviously goes on and and wins his next two fights but like he's mainly a striker he tried to be that striker turned grappler because his chin wasn't really cutting it for him anymore but you know how effective can he truly be in that realm when he's fighting guys you know like sean strickland like if he goes out there and tries to take down strickland i think he's gonna have a lot of issues i believe strickland has an 83 percent takedown defense rate Um, And I believe uh, Jotko only has about a 37% success rate in takedowns. And even if it does get to the ground, Strickland's a brown belt. I believe he's well-versed enough on the ground that he should, one, either be able to get back to his feet or, two, pull up a submission of one of his own. But I expect this fight to mainly take place on the feet. Um, Jotko might have a very slight uh, speed advantage. That's one of my concerns here. But I do think that Strickland is just going to piece him up on the feet. I don't think it's going to be... I don't think it's going to be that competitive, to be honest. I think that uh, Strickland absolutely mollywops him here. You know, a lot of people were questioning him when he came back from that motorcycle injury. How close is he going to be to what we used to know of him? Uh, and, and he fucking put on a great performance against Jack Marshman. Wasn't able to knock him out, but still put on a great performance. And then in his next fight, two weeks later literally two weeks later he just went 15 minutes then he goes two weeks later and fights Brendan Allen and knocks him out in the second round so great performance for him there uh and now against Jodko here I'm not 100 sure he'll get the knockout here but I do think we'll see him uh pretty much beating pillar to post from minute one to minute 15 so I love me some Sean Strickland in this spot and last thing I'll say about him a lot of people want, were wanting to call him chinny after that Zaleski Dos Santos knockout but like let's let's give him some some slack there man like if you guys remember that knock it was that spinning wheel kick that hit the back of the head of sean strickland he had his hands up and he thought he blocked it but the heel just creeps past his guard hits him on the back of the head wobbles him a little bit and gets followed up with with some ground and pound there so I don't see Christoph Jotko throwing anything that's going to catch him off guard. You know, um, I think his chin is much better than people were making it out to be. And I think he's going to go out there and absolutely put on the clinic on uh, Jotko here. Uh, I think the best play might be, like, if you're not willing to eat the chalk there, maybe even Strickland by by decision. Uh, I am a little bit questionable of Jotko's chin, uh, but Strickland by decision is currently... Uh, to do to, to, to plus 130. Not too bad of line. I don't mind that at all. Uh, But even taking him in straight if you want to throw him in a parlay, I think it's a solid spot. Uh, Probably one of my favorite spots on the card. Luke, how are you feeling about Strickland and Jotko here?
1: Yeah, Strickland's probably my bullish, most bullish take on the card. I mean, I don't think it's a hot take given, yeah. you know, the line, by, yeah, <laughs> the line by any means. But I, I think it's a fight where outside of even the, even the stylistics and doing the tape, I think the stats really tell a great picture here. Um, Strickland lands, you know, over, you know, or two more significant strikes per minute. Uh, you know, he stands a little upright, you know, he kind of largely relies on, you know, the slip and move type thing, but you know, he does roll with shots. Well, he's proven to be durable historically. Like you said, only time he's really been clipped when he got caught behind the head with that spinning wheel kick from Zaleski. Zaleski, you know, is always willing to, you know, throw that, that crafty type of stuff. Uh, but the thing with Jocko is, is one, he's a guy who's you know, been on record says so he struggled with the mental part of the game. Doesn't push a crazy pace. Um, even in his fight with Barrio, you know, it was greasy, close The Anders fight, I think was a very, very winnable fight for Eric Anders. In my opinion, that was a more of, you know, Anders losing that fight than Jocko winning that fight, uh, in my opinion. And then, you know, he went on that stretch against, you know, Tavares hall, Branch where he, you know, he struggled in the clinch against Branch Tavares picked him apart at range. I think it's just, I think it's a great spot for Strickland. I know I've heard some people say that Jocko might have some wrestling upside. You touched on the takedown defense. Really the only times he's been taken down three times by Garcia had some success in that first round, but that was like five years ago. Uh, after that lit the dude up completely at space outside of that, Usman took him down twice, you know, uh, controlled him extensively, but it's, you know, Usman and outside of that, that's really been it brown belt and jujitsu. Uh, I think pretty much Strickland checks all boxes here. Uh, I think he's the better minute winner. He's faster. Uh, you know, Andrew kind of touched on it, you know, not not a pure power guy, but he's kind of more like a Diaz brother in a sense, more pop, 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 attritional type damage. And then if, you know, the shot comes, it comes. His timing is great. Uh, His hand speed is great. Uh, If he put Jocko out, I'd be far from surprised. Uh, If not, I see him winning a volume based decision.
0: Yeah, I like how you touched on his striking uh, like it's just it's almost like he's going through the motions Just throwing the shots out there and they're they're more precise than they have power on them But if they do end up rocking them like he was able to rock Brendan Allen, then yeah, he'll go for the finish there Uh, James, are you gonna bring this one home for us? Do you like strickland as well?
2: Yeah, yeah, I like strickland man. No hot take here the lines, you know Maybe you can make might be able to make it minus 280 minus 290. So maybe there's a marginal value Nowhere near enough value for me to um, to to play him straight. Then you start looking at props if you can't play anyone straight. Uh, I guess the most likely win condition is Strickland via decision. I don't really know what they're sitting at at the moment. I I think when I looked at it, it was like something like plus 120. And then I saw the fight goes to decision was like minus 130. I'd rather just play the fight goes to decision. We know how judging can be. We know how MMA can be like, it's not that huge of a difference. And just in them, everyone's got different styles with betting, right? But for my style would usually be just to play the goes to decision there. Um, because like Andrew said, and it was a good word, he Jocko has good instincts to make fights a little bit close because I don't know what we like, I can't f- think of a better word for it, because I don't think he has bet good striking to make fights close I don't really think he has good wrestling I don't really know what it is other than yeah maybe just like experience right which means that he can make fights and positions in fights a little bit close so that's the only credence I would give to Jocko but I think Strickland's gonna win this fight um I feel sorry for you with that Marshman uh submission you know oh my God guess, go for, for the takedown,
0: down there. Sean like
2: 15 minute striking fight and one thing about that fight which was it's not really a good look if you're if you want to bet Sean Strickland against certain fighters not against Jocko but what it was in the last 10 seconds of that fight right you know Sean's talking shit for like the whole 15 minutes but the last 10 seconds he goes yo Jack let's stand in the middle of the Octagon I'm gonna give you a chance to win (laughs) what are you talking about I'm gonna give you a chance to win and then Jack was like, all right, sweet. Jack's a tough parker. So he just throws, you know, hooks like if that would have, you know, it, obviously it's low percentage. If if he would have got knocked out there, Sean Strickland, he would have been like the laughing stock of MMA for how long, right? You should never be saying, you know, I know everyone for every fight has got a different style, but to to say that it's just it's not a great look in the IQ department. If Sean's taking them steps up, you know, I would like be a little bit um wary about that when you're betting on him picking him to win's fine but we want to make money so you really want fighters like islam makachev or someone's gonna go out there you know what he's gonna do he's not gonna fuck around you're not gonna be worrying like if he's gonna be like come on let's fight like last 10 seconds i'll give you a chance to win so i will say that about sean but it is his style it probably helps him be a bit more loose in there and at the end of the day i got sean winning this fight probably by decision wouldn't be hugely Surprised if he got another knockout, but I'll, I'll take him by decision.
0: I didn't really know he had like that much bravado about him until that fight specifically. For me, he always seemed like a guy that was kind of quiet. I never really read too much into his personality, but God Mm. damn, everybody figured out who the hell Sean Strickland was that night. Thankfully, he didn't get knocked down in the last 10 seconds. He actually did win. Uh, But yeah, hopefully he doesn't pull that shit against higher level opponents in the future. All right, let's move on to the third last fight that we got here. We got Iwan Kutulaba against Dustin Jacoby. Probably the highlight of the stare downs today. What the fuck was Iwan Kutulaba thinking? What was he going to do? caller time single caller time and then what does he think was going to happen like come on iwan you you fucking idiot but let's get down to how this fight is actually going to go down i'm not sure how much emotional uh you know baggage will be brought into this fight because of that but we know iwan kutalaba fights like madman regardless I think his best path to victory here is to take that Khalil Roundtree route, which is get this fight to the ground as soon as possible and just get that ground and pound going as I believe he'll be much stronger on the ground than what Dustin Jacoby brings to the table. Obviously, Jacoby, great striker, has some kickboxing background, has some boxing on his record as well too, but uh, his calf kick that he showed off in that just on the death fight was very mean and very vicious, and I think that if he brings that approach here to Kutilaba, he could definitely take the pop off the shots of what Kutilaba brings to the table. Now, you want to talk about striking here, obviously, Dustin Jacoby a little bit technically, I would say a little bit he's definitely technically better than iwan kutalaba in the striking realm whereas kutalaba is wide winging hooks kind of striker just tries to close the distance whether it's one to take your head off or two to get you to the ground i'm hoping that it's the second one if you're looking to back iwan kutalaba this weekend uh but but i am ultimately going to take kutalaba like Jacoby coming off uh you know he's taking this fight on short notice he just fought less than two months ago where he got that greasy split decision over maxime grishan i believe it was a split but regardless um not entirely sure Sure what his cardio and conditioning is going to look like here especially if uh Ivan kutilaba looks to take this fight to the ground nice and early i think one of the things kutilaba said to him in that down was you are my bonus so i'm thinking he's going trying to go out there and knock this guy's head off and try to give us a, spe- a spectacular type of knockout or something but i think his best path to victory would be able to take this fight to the ground can we trust him to take him to the ground i'm not 100 sure Personally, I'm not touching this fight. If anything, maybe touch that. doesn't go to decision. I'd be surprised if they see the judges' scorecards. But ultimately, I will go on the Iwan Kutalaba side, hoping that he implements his wrestling, gets Jacoby to the ground, and really starts to uh, mess him up there and probably get a ground and pound finish. Luke, how are you seeing this one go down?
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely interesting. You hit on, I think, a lot of the main points. Uh, I think Kudalaba should wrestle here. I think his wrestling is underrated when he's choosing to go to it. You know, Sambo background, Greco background um, looked good in that Khalil fight, as you touched on, but he's not necessarily a guy that is reliable to do that. But, you know, if he decides to, you know, have a range kickboxing match with Dustin Jacoby, I don't think it's going to go, you know, overtly well. But what I will say in Jacoby, similar to a guy we'll talk about in, in our next matchup coming out, he needs a range type of fight. He needs a pretty type of fight to really succeed. And that's something that Kudalaba, um, you know, can disrupt at least early because what we have seen from Kudalaba extended to, you know, he's, you know, ex- not exactly Lance Armstrong uh, yeah. in there by any means. So, uh, you know, I, I also don't think Jacoby's striking defense is great. I think Kudalaba's probably live for a knockout early if he decides to wrestle. I think he might have, you know, a path there. But Jacoby, you know, has shown a propensity to dig underhooks. well. Uh, it's not like his takedown defense is bad uh, by any means, but I do think Kudalaba actually is the best wrestler he's fought, which, you know, throws a little wrench into this fight too. Um, so I guess I would say Kudalaba early, but the longer this fight goes, I think it definitely uh favors dustin Jacoby, so play play your chips where you may uh may with that
0: for sure the 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 cardio does uh definitely concern me for kutalaba here especially if he wants to take that wrestling approach that would definitely uh, drain your gas tank a little bit quicker james how are you feeling about this one
2: it's really just if Jacoby can withstand the whirlwind that uh kutalaba is definitely gonna bring right and i'm not sure he can to be honest obviously before he had that huge break from mma when he used to fight mma back in the day like this was like 2011 2012 times i got a terrible memory so i might be wrong but it's around that range uh he he was taken down consistently right that was his issue he he couldn't stuff a takedown obviously he's worked on that over the last six seven eight years i still think it's probably a hole in his game everyone has holes in their game and he's a very good striker so i'm i'm certain that the wrestling is the path to victory if you want to fight Jacoby. Um, I feel like Kutalaba can cause him a lot of problems, man. I think he's gonna come out here. I am think he's gonna put it on him early. And as Luke said, Jacoby is used to kickboxing, right? And a lot of the times, I think he kickboxes for glory. It's a high-level competition. He's fighting very high-level fighters. Um, the dude who knocked out style bender. Um, you know, he, he he he's fought a lot of names in glory. And when you're at that high level, they take a like they don't usually rush in, right? Like they know the the skill of the other guy, and it's kind of like a not a pit a patter, but it's it's a calm, controlled striking battle, controlled as it can be in in a, in a combat sport, right? And is not gonna bring that, right? He kind of has had that even against Grishin. Grishin pressured him, but he's not gonna bring what kutulaba brings. If kutulaba comes out there and just consistently takes him down, I think kutulaba's definitely live for the first round yet. Yeah of course if he doesn't get that first round stoppage then jacobi becomes more live i don't think jacobi has great gas tank we saw him slow down on um was it the contender series fight the third round um he slowed down quite considerably there maxine grishin i think he deserved to lose that fight um his cardio didn't look quote unquote great there so yeah i don't think jacopy's this very you know high level uh, mma fighter in general and i think kutalaba has definitely been in there with the better guys at least in the mma circuit and he i'm predicting kutalaba to get a first round tko but i'm not betting it because i mean yeah kutalaba is a bit of a lunatic and if he just gases then I don't want to be sitting with a Kutalaba ticket in round two and round three. So I'm not betting it, but that is my prediction, e- Eon in, in round one.
0: I truly think Iwan Kutalaba has all the skills in the world to be a top five guy, but he just doesn't have the mindset or the fight IQ to actually implement that type of approach where he can use his wrestling to the best of its ability or even work on his cardio enough to get to the point that he can, you know, maybe go a solid 10 or 12 and a half minutes grinding out his opponents. Uh, Andrew, uh, how are you feeling about this fight?
3: Yeah, I just want to follow up on one thing James said. So you you mentioned that um, his takedown defense was an issue the first time he was in the UFC. I just have a hard time imagining that his takedown got any better while he went and boxed. you know. So I think that's probably still an issue. And I think um, just taking a look at Kudalaba's last opponents, I mean, his last two were against Ankalaev, then the one before that, Roundtree, where he took him down and TKO'd him. The one before that was Glover. So it's like he hasn't really had too many opportunities where he could use his wrestling. So I'm 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 wondering in my head if it's really as much of a fight IQ thing or is it it's just not the right matchups. I mean like he's not gonna go take down Ankalaeo, he's not gonna go take down Lover. So maybe maybe he does here, but even if he doesn't, like I don't really think he's like fucked on the feet if he like if he t- decides to stay there. Remember earlier I said that I was looking at those early lines and I was gonna take Patelio at like minus one thirty five, probably like a week ago and the line was kind of fresh. Same thing with, with this line. I think um Kudalaba at one point had gotten down to like a pick'em and stayed there for like a day or two, and like even a little Jacoby money came, in. I was like, I was like, I'm probably gonna take Kudalaba plus money, and then same thing. Like the fights ended last week, and then everyone kind of started to shift their attention to this week. And I think now he's probably like minus one thirty. I still think there's some value there. I haven't played it. Um, I'm probably going to, depending on where the line goes, but I, I, I do wish I got in on that pick'em money because I, I think uh, Kudalaba is gonna win here.
0: Yeah, Hopefully, he shows us a bit of that fight IQ, and he should be able to go out there and dust Dustin Jacoby here. All right, let's get to the co main event. We got Cub Swanson going up against uh Giga Chikadze, uh, minus 170 on Chikadze, plus 150 ish for Cub Swanson. Uh, Luke, I'll let you kick this one off, man
1: yeah so i guess I, I don't know how these boys feel about this one but uh i i think there is some value on swanson uh personally uh and the main reason i say that is i guess let's say the first thing off the top if this is a pretty range kickboxing match giga Chikatse is going to win this fight at a decent clip but the one thing i think that cub swanson is pretty reliable to do is not sit there at range and make stuff pretty I think he's reliable to get inside uh make fights dirty and lands over four significant strikes per minute lands at 50 percent. so people might say Oh, he's a little winging and wild at times but the guy's accurate in what he throws over a pretty large sample size not the biggest power threat at least in recent years you know has had some more knockouts earlier on in his career but a couple of the fights I want to hit on for Chikatze. well the main one is is the Jamal Emmer's fight is that you know Later on in that fight, when Emmer's decided to actually turn it on and put him on him, what happened? Chikotse gassed. Shikatse uh, lost the round. That's really the first time a guy's went at him. You can talk about, you know, Brandon Davis, you know, he took him down early, uh, you know, put on some pressure, but then kind of just followed him around for the, for the rest of the fight and then edged it there. But I think Swanson is really the first guy, uh, that is going to take it to him in that could Chikatze dead him. Yes. I know Chikatze's largely been a, a decision machine, even outside of that, you know, Jamie Simmons bum that he just beat, but he's dinged a few other guys. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, that, it, that he doesn't have power, timing, speed, all that stuff. He is the more technical guy i can see that but if cub can get inside with consistency i'm not saying i have a supreme degree of confidence in him winning the fight all I'm saying is I think he has the style to make this fight a lot more competitive than odds indicate. Uh, he, I think he does have a potential wrestling path. It's not something I'm banking on. He only lands, I think 1.09, uh, you know, takedowns per 15 minutes, uh, but does get them at 50%. So, you know, once again, not something you can bank on, but it is a path that's there. that guys have had success, uh, on Chikatze, uh, before too. So you know get in the pocket flurry make it gritty greasy potential wrestling upside we still have questions on the Chikatze gas tank uh those are my three main considerations as to why cub has value straight i have think his decision line you know around plus 300 is a is an interesting flyer
0: yeah i think a lot of the public is getting privy to that as well as considering cards open up at minus 240 now he's sitting around minus 170 so there's definitely some public love out there for cub swanson uh james how are you feeling about this matchup do you think there's value on Cobb, or are you giga all day here
2: no there's value on Cobb, man like yeah i have to call it how i see it you know i want to keep agreeing with luke it seems like but I mean, <laughs> it is what it is um the fight is what it is you said that giga opened up at minus 240 i mean it's absolutely ridiculous i mean i don't know who's setting them lines you know but it's a good thing because we can capitalize on them, right? I'm kind of annoyed because I didn't tape it as soon as I wanted to. When I did tape it, um, that Cub line had dropped overnight one night. I think it went dr- dramatically dropped from like minus 180 to like, uh, sorry, plus 180 to like plus 130 or something like that. It has actually come in a bit now. Uh, there's been a bit more money coming back on Giga. So how I see the fight breaking down is Giga's obviously going to have success early, right? He's going to be doing his thing at range and of course if it stays at range he's going to win the fight i mean it's no one's under the illusion that cub's gonna win a 15-minute kickboxing fight but this is an mma fight man and cub has fought at such a high level and he's a clever guy as well cub's not a stupid fighter he maybe sometimes looks stupid because he'll go like life and death with duho Choi and just swing (laughs) swing bombs but i think he's actually a pretty cerebral fighter in the fact that if he is getting pieced up at range i expect him to be able to make the necessary adjustments he did it in his last fight against daniel pineda pineda was having a lot of success right with them calf kicks hurting him badly i thought cub might be out at one point he switched up he made he made he made changes in that fight right he was able to close distance a bit better um he pressured pineda enough to where pineda was a little bit more tired so he he wasn't as fluid with them calf kicks cub started um moving out of the way of them calf kicks and obviously he got the knockout right if you look at Cubs fights he's fought the best of the best you know the very best Giga Jakahtze get was getting tapped out by Austin Springer like three years ago do you know what I mean like the level of competition the disparity here is ridiculous now I do think Cubs on the decline he's definitely seen his best years yet I know he got a knockout against Pineda you might think a oh, second coming of Cub that's not the case he's 37 years old he's not going to be as good as he once was I still think he's got enough to beat Giga here to be honest I feel like he's going to be able to close the distance at times, possibly in the second round, maybe when the fight goes a bit later, and he's going to be able to catch Cub with his hands. He's got way better hands than Giga, I believe, like just pure boxing. I think Cub's definitely the better boxer. And, you know, Cub's got that unorthodox style. And I would usually say that that's probably not good in, in general. You know, it works for Cub. But against Giga, it might actually be good to have that unorthodox style because, giga is used to fighting them traditional kickboxers that fight traditionally right so if cub comes in with that looping style he might actually be able to catch giga off guard also if cub wrestles giga's gonna be like a fish out of water because i don't think he's improved his takedown defense from them emma's fights and from them springer fights enough to stop cubs takedowns if cub does decide to wrestle he's not an out-and-out wrestler but i do suspect that if it if, if they get in the clinch, which Cub will force because he's going to force distance because he's going to need to, I think he can probably get a couple takedowns in the clinch. And I wouldn't be surprised to, to see Cub Swanson get a, a rare submission in this fight. So I feel like this fight is, is lying ridiculously. Cub should be a slight favorite. I don't think Cub should be a huge favorite. Maybe minus 125. Give me plus 140 on Cub. I'm taking Cub all day. And I think he's probably going to get a submission later on or at least win a, a clear decision later on in the fight.
0: Very adamant stance there from uh, James on this fight. Obviously not the most, uh, you know, good thing or best thing out there for Cub Swanson to get his knee shredded at 36 years old by Jake Shields and then coming back a year later. A lot of people are writing it off uh, him off. He had that crazy back and forth first round against uh, Daniel Panera and then eventually knocks him out in the second round. Uh, Andrew, how do you feel about Cub Swanson's possible resurgence here? Does he put together two straight wins here? Or uh, do you think Giga Chikadze outpoints him on the feet?
3: Yeah, um, I just want to start. I want to follow up on something Luke said. Um, you mentioned like the stat on um, Cubs takedown. I forget exactly what it was, but it was like one point whatever takedowns for uh, whatever period of time. I just wanted to point out that like if you look at who he's, it's kind of what I said about Kudalaba, how he was fighting like Antclive. Like Cub see. fought Chrome Gracie, Cub fought Brian Ortega, Cub fought Frankie Edgar. It's like is he really going to go out there and take those guys down? Marcano. So cool. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and that, even that fight only lasted, what, like a couple minutes, if I remember correctly? But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, I'm on Cub here. I played him a, like three weeks ago or whatever it was. Let me just see what price I got. I want to say plus 165. My thing's taking a second to load. But yeah, if, I think if I were coaching Cub here, I would definitely encourage, if I were game planning for him, I would um, encourage him to definitely mix in some of that wrestling early. Because if you watch Giga's fights, anytime where um he's taken down even like like forced to wrestle a little bit through the re- even if like it's only like a takedown you hold him down for 20 seconds and he gets back up his punches after that are coming slower and i think that's a really good way for cub to kind of neutralize some of that kickboxing skill that the giga has and, and and i don't even think cub's necessarily like fucked if it's standing like i'm not one of those people that's like oh cub's it's totally takedown or lying. like i think that's his best path to victory is the mix and takedowns but if you told me it was like a 15 minute striking battle, I'm not like, Oh my God, Cubs is going to die. But like, I don't know. I'm not also not one of those people who, I know there's a lot of people out there that have just like been fading Giga like over and over and over. Like I'm not one of those people. I've never bet against him. So it's not like, it's not like, Oh, like he just thinks he's a, he might be a fraud, but I don't know. I I, I haven't bet him. I haven't bet any of those guys. I didn't bet Davis. I I bet Giga against Erwin Rivera, but this is, I think this is the time I patiently waited for my spot to fade him. And I, at a good price, and I think I got it here with Cub.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't mind those takes at all. I am ultimately on the Giga side here, not as a bet. I do think that he'll have success in terms of keep, keeping this at a, at a kickboxing range and keeping it uh, at a pace that he's going to be able to win. But you guys are absolutely on the nail here that if Cub Swanson is successful and mixing in the takedowns here and making this a little bit more of an MMA fight than just a striking fight, that he should have success. I am slightly impressed with Giga's uh, improvements with the, the, the grappling side of things, right? like Even the Jamal Embers fight, who's supposed to be a great grappler, great wrestler, uh, able to reverse him get him back to the feet you know get, get back into his range and get things going but yeah he does seem to gas a little bit which is a little bit of a concern here too uh i i just see it playing out more so in the striking realm I, i'm not a big believer in cub Swanson's wrestling game which i think he's going to have trouble with here not to mention the four inch height and reach disadvantage he's going to be at here giga is a big dude at this weight class and things cub is going to struggle to one close the distance get this fight to the ground and even get his uh, jiu-jitsu game going he is a black belt you know albeit with all those uh submission losses on his record he can still go out there and definitely slap on a submission on some of his opponents and yeah one of the earlier reads i had on giga was you know this guy's a boxer this guy's or sorry this guy's a a kickboxer if you take him down you should have relative success and obviously austin springer was able to submit him on that contender series fight but from what i believe or what i'm what i'm what i'm aware of is that he wasn't working that much at king's mma before that fight now He's fully engulfed himself in the MMA game. He fully engulfed himself with Javier Cordero and uh, Benny Darius and all those guys over there. So I'm expecting to see a more improved version of Giga every time we see him in the in the cage. And this is definitely the biggest fight of his career, right? Coleman event slot against a legend like Cub Swanson. He's definitely going to have to put it together and really get his game going. But I think the best spot for him to win this is at distance. Can he maintain that distance? I think he can. Um, but am I confident to the point of playing that minus 170. Nah, I'm not, I'm not at that point. I want to see him pass this test first before I'm able to go out there and confidently bet him once again. But I do think that Cub is live. I'm ultimately going to be going with Giga here. Uh and I think he outpoints him on route to you know 29, 28, probably a 30, 27. All right. That brings us to our main event. We finally made it through uh we got dominic reyes going against uh, yuri prohaska i do want to remind you guys we got 230 people in the chat here make sure you guys hit that like hit that subscribe and if you guys want to follow these guys their twitter accounts are linked in the description below so you guys can just click on over there and follow these guys show these guys some gloves these guys are super fucking sharp i guarantee you that you guys will enjoy their takes for sure all right uh james i'm actually gonna let you kick this main event off for us how are you feeling about uh prohaska going off as a slight favorite and uh do you think the, the line is accurate
2: no, it's not. This line is not accurate. I don't think it's so inaccurate. I think it probably should be like a pick'em. I'm scared of Jiri's power now. I'll be completely honest. I backed Vulcan Ozdemir at minus 150, I think, against Jiri in their first fight. Um the reason I did that, so after I bet, right, if I win or I lose, I always look back at the bet and I try and decipher what was right with my read and what was wrong. And one of the things I think I got wrong in that Vulcan bet was I underestimated Jiri's power against high level competition. I saw him knock out CB Dolloway. I saw him knock out King Mo. And I kind of thought, ah, uh, you know, he's knocking out quote unquote cans, people that are past it. But he came in and he showed me that now nah, he can still knock out fighters in the UFC with an amazing chin. Vulcan was known for his chin before that fight, right? Um, if, if you remember back to that fight, before that happened he was known for his chin and that's kind of what i thought oh yeah he'll be able to take the punishment from Jiri. obviously it's light heavyweight he's always liable for a knockout um so after that fight i'm a little bit wary of Jiri's power now i do think he has something special because we've seen him get crazy ko's in rising right like just turn cb dolloway's lights off like that it looks like he doesn't even hit him and to be honest when Jiri was jabbing vulcan vulcan's face was going all over the place you know like he hadn't been hit like that in his career and he's fought some solid fighters so i think Jiri has crazy power in his hands and that could be the um that could be the difference in this fight but i would probably have to line dominic ray is at least a slight favorite in this fight just because he's fought the better level of competition probably i mean it's pretty you know jerry's been in there with vadim nenkov Volkan now like he's been in there with some decent fighters and he's got a lot more experience in mmra in general i think he's got triple the fights of dominic reyes um but obviously dominic reyes coming off against john jones and yan so the way i see the styles breaking down is obviously jury's gonna you know do what he always does act like a madman you know do that karate movement like dominic reyes is probably gonna take a while to get used to that um but i feel like dominic reyes has probably one of the best Counter striking in the light heavyweight division when he's on his back foot. There was a video someone put up on Twitter. I'm not sure if you guys know who did that, but they basically highlighted all of dominic Cruz's knockouts or knockdowns on the back foot in the UFC, and it was pretty special to watch because he steps back and counters. He done it to Weidman. He knocked out OSP like that. I mean, it was a decision, but he basically yeah, knocked that was him a out it was a knockout you know like fuck the wiki record like that was a knockout <laughs> he did it against a couple of other fighters as well I can't really remember who um Jared Cannonier, I believe but I feel like Yuri is very easy to hit and for for a sniper like Dom he definitely could land that straight hand on him and I'm actually not sold on Yuri's chin I think he's got a bit of a dodgy chin I said it for years about Sadiq Yusuf, and no one really like believe me until Arnold Allen showed it right the thing about Jiri is that he's got great recoverability so he might get wobbled but he recovers well and I think some people look at that and go like oh no it, it wasn't a chin issue you know maybe he just got caught off guard or something no he does have a chin issue but he has good recoverability so it disguises it I think Jiri has a bit of a dodgy chin he got dropped to one knee in that Vulcan fight and I feel like if Dominic Reyes hits him which he probably will in that first round it could be bad for Jiri on On the same hand, I feel like Jiri could easily knock out Dominic Reyes for the reasons I've just said. So there's another way to play this fight. I probably don't need to tell you what way to (laughs) play it with what I've just said. Violence. You know, this is going to be a violent fight. Jiri's not going to change his game plan from the last 100 fights he's had. Jiri's going to come in, push the pace, and Dominic Cruz is going to be forced to fight in the pocket at some point. And I think think someone's getting an early knockout. That's what I think is going to happen. All right. If I'm gonna bet it, it you, you want a pure prediction? Dominic Reyes first round KO.
0: Ooh, that I like it. I like it. I I always love me some violence. I always love me some under bets. Uh, Andrew, you feeling the same way here? How are you feeling about this fight?
3: yeah so one, one thing i wanted to point out is i don't do we have do any of us have opposing bets like i we just went through the whole card i don't think <laughs> i i I, I think
0: honestly bad. the just the last fight i'm the only one that bet giga and the rest of you guys were on oh, two- one- did, I think uh, pretty much every single fight luke, we were on the luke same side. someone right luke had someone else oh kai kamaka i think he gave a little bit more ah, yeah. under, I, played the, I
1: played the under but yeah okay. so not like an opposing bet
0: yeah, uh, yeah so no. my-
3: my prediction for this fight is I think um, it's going to be a back-and-forth war, and then I think Reyes is going to triangle him in the fifth. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think I played Reyes here at plus 120. I think he should be the favorite. I, something something that I'm surprised, I haven't really seen anyone really talk about much, and if they did, um, I must have missed it. But I think the leg kicks for Reyes could be big here. I mean, Jerry doesn't check kicks at all, and Reyes throws some, some solid leg and body kicks. Um, so I think a few of those, maybe five of those, early could could kind of change the pace of the fight. And, like, obviously, Jiri's live for that early knockout, as we all know. But it's, like, how much can you really cap that into, into like, uh, into making Jiri the favorite? It's, like, okay, maybe it hits whatever percentage it hits at. But, like, outside of an early finish, I mean, that seems like everyone who's picking Jiri, like, that's the method they're picking. And it's, like, think about if they fought six months ago, eight months ago, whatever, like, what the line would be. Like, think, like, if – if um if Reyes was just coming off that fight with Jones where a lot of people thought he won, like he'd probably be like a massive favorite here. And, yeah. and I played Vulcan against Jerry. And like, I honestly, like I might play that again. Like at a, if they rematch it, a pick them. Like I might play that again. Like, I don't know. It's just a lot of people don't really think too much into variance, And it's like kind of, I try not to be results based more of like a process based. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. But I think, um, Ozdemir wins that fight more often than not. And I think stylistically, Reyes is probably a dip, more difficult style matchup than Ozdemir. Like I said, I think I think those leg kicks could be could be big, but um, yeah. Anyway, long story short, um, I have two units on uh, Reyes at plus one hundred and twenty, and then I have a parlay which started in PFL last night um, with the under four five, uh, which it was Carlos Junior and the under four five for like a total of minus one hundred and forty
0: i don't hate it at all i expect violence absolutely in this fight and i do agree with you if this fight did take place five or six months ago like people are so uh invested in that recency bias right it, it's almost similar to that Andreas Michalaitis and KB Buller fight would that line really be that wide if KB Buller didn't just get knocked out the way that he did from Tom Breeze I, I know we have to take those things into consideration but like sure. if you want to take this like skill for skill and technique for technique Dominic Reyes obviously should be the better fighter here like that's I think everybody can agree on that but one thing I said on my stream last night was that like at a certain point like when we go higher up in weight classes, like technique, yeah, sure it matters, but power at the end of the day will turn off technique any day of the day, any day of the week, right? And Yuri Prohaska would absolutely land one of those crazy bombs. That's going to gonna put Dominic Grace away. Now, I think we all agree that Dominic Grace is a much better technical striker here. We're not a big fan of how Yuri Prohaska carries his hand so low and does this weird karate style or whatever the fuck he wants to call it. Um Personally, I think he's like a, a Brandon Roy Vowell. I think he's like a a Tony Ferguson, not with as good jiu jitsu or anything like that. But they create chaos, and then they thrive in that chaos. And that's exactly I think what we're getting here with Yuri Prohaska. Um, I believe Reyes will probably be up in this fight. Like this is could, could even be similar to to Curtis Blades and Der- Derek Lewis in a certain situation where you have De- Dominic Reyes, you know, landing the leg kicks, setting the foundation to win like a fight later on. Whereas Yuri Prohaska mm-hmm. is like throw whatever you want at me. Once I land one of these things, you're probably going to go down. Um, You know, Dominic Reyes, the way that he got put up by Jan Blachowicz, I think that was more methodical than just having chin issues, right? We saw Jan Blachowicz go out there and implement a very good uh, body kicking game. It, it, you could see the marks on Dominic Reyes' body, you know, a minute or a, a round and a half into that fight. And then obviously he follows up with some striking after that to, to eventually get the knockout. And he busts his nose really, really bad right before uh, eventually getting knocked out there. Uh, and I think that Prohaska has that type of power to to hurt Reyes and, and put him into those situations. So I do agree with you guys. That I do think that Re- Dominic Reyes deserves to be the favorite here if we're just talking about pure skill but i think that yuri like james was talking about i think yuri has that fight changing power that is just it's not going to matter what you throw at the guy like he's going to land one time and he's probably going to put you out now level of competition obviously night and day you got to go in favor of dominic reyes here but level of, or duration of experience, right? You're talking about double, triple the amount of fights that Yuri has compared to what Dominic Reyes brings to the table. Dominic was still an IT guy trying to make it in the football world while Yuri Prohaska was knocking fools out on the other side of the world. So like, I still like what we get from Yuri Prohaska. I know last time he ended up taking an hour was a knockout loss to King Mo Loewal, which was probably four or five years ago. At this point in time, he did eventually end up uh, avenging that loss, knocking him out himself. But uh, I like what we have from Yuri here. The guy's huge. Same height as Dominic Reyes, slightly longer reach, uh, crazy movement and and ability to just stay fluid with his strikes. Um, but again, the, the, the technique of Dominic Reyes does scare me a little bit. The, again, the higher we go up in weight, the less technique means. Uh, and I think that uh, we're going to see that here this week in what Yuri eventually putting his lights out. So, yeah, the under four and a half dare I call it the lock of the night play even though that's chalky as fuck but still I, I think that if you want to you want to throw in a safe parlay piece to under four and a half is obviously a very good spot and obviously that's an alternate uh under that if you guys have access to that would be something nice to have uh to to add as like a cherry on top on any other play that you guys have but ultimately I'm going to go be going with Yuri here I think he gets it done probably in the first or second round I think he finds the button on Dominic Reyes and puts him out um very close fight though. I'm not sure if I'm going to have my money on either side here for you guys that do have money on reyes or yuri you know god be with you uh luke bring this one home for us how are you feeling about this one
1: yeah i'm with uh, uh lucrative and uh andrew here i think this line's stupid it makes yeah. absolutely no sense whatsoever i want to say one thing right off the top first and foremost this line is solely predicated on recency bias and absolutely nothing else <laughs> hypothetically let's say he goes out I, let's i'm posing a question to everybody here let's say he goes out there and beats John Jones. Well, personally, I think he beat John Jones. I scored the first three rounds for Dominic Reyes. You also have to keep in mind, I'm not even saying I'm right. You can disagree with me. That's completely fine. You have to remember UFC 247 was one of the worst judge cards in the modern era. That was the night of James Krause, Trevor, Trevin Giles. That was the night of, um, uh, Andrea Lee, Lauren Murphy. That was the night of, um, uh, Jonathan Martinez, Andre Yule. There was a ton of, it was just a really weird card. But so I, I digress. Let's say that that Reyes get, gets the nod there, becomes the champion. He goes, he fights Jan, same result. Didn't look great. Gets knocked out in the second. So, so what's the line now? Stylistics of the fight completely aside, from a public sentiment standpoint, what's the line? Reyes minus one hundred and fifty, minus one hundred and sixty minimum. Yeah. So yep. right, right, right there, I think tells you really all you need to know. Uh, but then I I do want to address just a couple things in regards to Prochaska. Um, I keep hearing this. he beat Nemkov, he beat Nemkov, he beat Nemkov. That was also back in 2015. That was a five and oh Nemkov. And if you actually go back and watch the fight, he was losing the fight. Nemkov died uh, and death gassed on the stool and couldn't get off and that's how he beat Nemkov. So boom, that that narrative goes out the window. Uh, Brandon Halsey, he was getting out-wrestled by Brandon Halsey, memes him. King Mo didn't look great. Fabio Maldonado, over the hill. CB Dalloway, over the hill. Vulcan Ozdemir dropped twice, dropped the first round, got outstruck at distance gets uh you know his meme ko in the second so how that now puts him as a favorite as a guy who arguably just beat the best 205 pound guy in the world not that long ago you know didn't look great against you know uh uh jan but i think at this point we can say that jan's probably one of the most undervalued guys in the history of the ufc at the betting window uh and hits very hard uh so i don't think you know there's too much to take away from that the guy just lost to the two best 205 pound guys in the world uh and is now fighting a guy who in my opinion is a gigantic meme uh, and i think he's a fraud uh at least in terms of like top five potential at the weight class he hasn't proved anything to me he hasn't proved that he can go out there and win a, fif- uh, a 15 or a 25 minute fight um i don't think he's very technical i think he's pretty hittable his grappling sucks um, honestly, sneaky take, I think Reyes could shoot takedowns here and sub them. I, 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 really wouldn't be surprised at all. So, uh, I, it's pretty much one way, one way traffic for me on, uh, on dominant Cruz. I think he's, he's definitely the side here. I think it's, I think it's a spot that people are going to look back on in two years and say, what in God's name? What how was Dominic Reyes plus 115 against this guy? Or or he could go out there and meme him and he becomes Derek Lewis. It's it's one <laughs> it's one of those two scenarios where the guy memes his way to a title shot and he falls into the anomaly type category for me. But everything favors Reyes. He has the grappling upside. He's the better technical striker. He's the better counter striker, more proven, more battle tested, has finishing upside of his own, has the better metrics. Line makes no sense to me.
0: I absolutely agree with you guys. For sure, Dominic Reyes should be the favorite here. I just want no part of this fight considering the type of knockout power that Yuri Prohaska has in his hands. And yeah, meme KOs or not, the guy's landing on people's shins and he's putting these guys out. Um, Hopefully Reyes is able to, to you know, prepare for that and, and uh, hopefully get the 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 win here i know a lot of us were saying dominic cruz a lot instead of dominic reyes and we have <laughs> fixed that i, I caught that on a couple of times but yeah, we're, we're used to talking about dominic cruz rather than dominic fucking reyes so that is what it is all right we're pretty much on the back end here i want to uh thank everybody that stopped by we have over 250 live viewers watching us right now make sure you guys hit that like make sure you guys hit that subscribe and obviously Make sure you guys follow these guys on Twitter. I have their links in the description below. First and foremost, and before I throw it around the horn so that everybody can plug their shit, I do want to let you guys know. Next week we have another group of guys coming in, and next week we have my guy Newsom MMA uh, repping. Uh, I believe it is uh, Fight Three <laughs> c or uh, what? Well, shit, I'm so. I'm so bad at this. How did I? uh, MMA Play 365. There we go. MMA Play 365 is going to be coming on next week. That's my dude. That's one of my longest reigning friends uh, on this MMA Twitter world. So that's uh, my guy coming on, making an appearance. Also, we have Notorious Picks coming on next week. Uh, And as well as AJ. You guys know him. uh, AJ Sholo. He does work for um, MMA uh, Oddsbreaker. He does a ton of work. He's working for uh, Daily Fan MMA as well. Another very sharp guy. Can't wait to introduce you to these guys. Obviously, we always bring on sharp minds. And that's what we're going to keep to win it's not gonna be the same set crew every week but i promise we'll bring some sharp guys on every single week all right let's start throwing around the horn and everybody can plug this stuff let everybody know where they can find you first and foremost luke let them know where they can find your
1: yep as you get guys uh guys can see right there swr betting uh on twitter uh club and sub podcast every week uh me and my boys john uh lags uh and c breaking
0: oh come on luke In the middle of the plug,
3: he was so close.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, James, I'll let you take over and then I'll let Luke uh, do it one more time on the back end here. You
2: can hit me up on Lucrative MMA, uh, on Twitter, on Instagram. I also have my podcast, Lucrative MMA Betting Podcast, Spotify, Google Play, all of that good stuff. Lucrative MMA Betting.com. That's it, man. Yeah, hit me up. Perfect, perfect. And
0: Andrew?
3: Uh, My Twitter is at bets and picks MMA. The the handle is MMA knockout bets. Um, Yeah, give me a follow. I have my Patreon, which I just made, which is I'm just getting off the ground. So if you guys want to check that out, I appreciate it. If you ever have any questions about any fights, just shoot me a DM. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on.
0: For sure. Luke, uh, you can wrap yours up. Now they can find you (laughs) on the club and sub pod with John C and legs. Where else can they find you, buddy?
1: Yep, I apologize, guys. They uh, just switched over the internet this week, so a little a little shoppy this week. I, I appreciate you you guys hanging with <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that's perfect
3: that's perfect god i love it, it luke
0: like, i love man. it luke you guys can follow luke at his twitter account that's in the description below make sure you guys check him out at swr underscore betting on twitter uh the guy's absolutely killing it he has his own patreon up and running as well now too make sure you guys go check him out and trust me he's a very sharp dude and obviously he hangs around with sharp guys over there at the club and stuff podcast All right, i appreciate all you guys coming on thank you for coming on as always good luck on your best tomorrow good luck to everybody on uh in the chat as well well hopefully we can come out this weekend with some money and uh i'll see you guys next week also actually tomorrow uh fight day live chat 1 p.m eastern right here on my channel i'll be taking all questions comments and concerns for the last minute so make sure you guys join me for that and then obviously next week got a boatload of content for you guys too james andrew and frozen luke i appreciate you stopping by uh take it easy everybody